GGGG, you net. What's up? Happy Thursday. You are checking in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. This is the show where we talk all of the trending topics and headlines across entertainment, sports, lifestyle, and culture. I'm your host, Jill Monroe. I hope that you are having an amazing day and you are ready to lock in and get the scoop on what's going on. So it's Thursday. It's a holiday weekend coming up. If you are in L.A., we are getting ready for Beyonce, the takeover, you know, and her birthday's coming up. So all of that. And it's Labor Day weekend, of course. So that means the last official holiday weekend of summer. Do you have anything planned? A barbecue? What's going on? How are you going to spend the last official weekend of summer? At any rate, you know, this is the show where we hit the trending topics and headlines. Tonight, we are going to get into some things. We have some interviews for you. It is packed. I'm excited. But first, I have to let you know, if you want to join the conversation at any point tonight, you know that you can call in 800-920-1580, 800-920-1580. Of course, you can hit us up on our socials, KBLA 1580. I'm at Stiletto Jill. And if you're going to be moving around, you know, moving and shaking, getting your holiday weekend started early, make sure you have the app downloaded so you can take us with you. Wherever you go, you can listen to any of the shows in podcast form through the app. You can listen to this show live there. So tap in, check us out. You know, we love to hear from you and make sure that you're connected in all areas. So let's get into these topics. So tonight we're going to be talking about 50 Cent, hence the G unit intro. You know, Andy always connects to the themes to make sure it flows. We appreciate that. So 50 Cent performed last night in L.A., his concert, the final lap tour. It's him, Busta Rhymes, um, Jeremiah. Who else is on that tour? Chris Brown made an appearance last night, YG. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later, but we're going to get into that story. Also, if you were a concert goer this summer, you know, with Drake last week, 50 last night, Beyonce this weekend, also the Rock the Bells tours this weekend. You got a lot of money. You are putting out a great deal of coins for live entertainment. Maybe you hit up a Taylor Swift. I don't know. <laughs> she was out there too this summer. But that's a lot of coins floating around. We're going to talk a little bit about Diddy. He announced his new project. And there's a reunion of sorts that is happening on this. We're going to let you know who is included on the new project. We're also going to talk about a woman who went viral because she aired all of her relationship drama on social media. And now she has a content creator deal. So we want to know, is controversy the best way to become an influencer at this point? We're going to get into that. We're also going to talk a little Ari Lennox. She had a true confession that she posted to Instagram and of course we love Ari we love her music we've seen her go through her paces so want to see what you think about the message that she put out and where she's at a lot of vulnerability and transparency in her statement we're also going to talk about Tia Mari she was on a podcast recently and she said that although she's biracial she 
claims and feels that she is a black woman. And I want to talk a little bit about why it seems that this topic really mainly applies to women. We don't seem to have this conversation as much when we're talking about biracial men. You know, Barack Obama, Bob Marley, Lenny Kravitz. The list can go on and on. There's some examples. But I have a theory as to why that is. So we're going to get into that second hour. We're going to talk about T.I. and Tiny. They are suing someone who previously had some accusations against them. We're going to talk about that. And also... In the last hour, we're going to get into what to watch this weekend. And like I said, we have some interviews coming up for you. We have an interview with boxer Jermel Charlo. You know, he has a match coming up against Canelo soon. So we're going to talk to him and see what he has thoughts about his upcoming match, his training, all of that, moving up in weight class. So stick around for that. We're also going to run an interview with Jan Martinborough. He is a British race car driver who has a movie, Gran Turismo, that has been made after his life. So, conversation with him. Power Book 2, I mean Power Book 4, because there's a lot of them. Four spinoffs is kind of a lot, but I love all of them. I'm locked in. Three, technically, I guess. At any rate, um, the directors of Power Book 4, Force, we're going to talk with them and hear the interview from them. As you know, that premieres tomorrow. So we'll get into that in the third hour, all of that and more. But before we get into all of the headlines and trending topics, I mentioned that Diddy, he has a new album that's dropping soon. And you know, he's been talking about love and he was talking about the lack of R&B. Well, his latest album, well, his newest album that's coming up is the Love Album off the grid and he has a bunch of people that are collaborating with him for this album including his former group Dirty Money that cons um, consisted of John who was in Danity Kane and Kalima so they're coming back together on the album really excited about that because I personally enjoyed the Dirty Money album they had cuts just didn't last forever you know Diddy was busy he had a lot of irons in the fire and um, I imagine being in a group with Diddy is interesting you know, we did have that Diddy conversation the other night, whether or not you would sign with him. Well, you may not want to sign with him, but people are still working with him. We'll get into who else is on the album and what else you can look forward to from that. Plus, all of the trending topics and headlines. You are locked in to RSVP with Joel Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Hey, keeping you informed, entertained, and always ahead of the curve. Ahead of the curve. Hey. This is RSVP with Jill Monroe on KBLA Talk 1580. Hey, it's Jill Monroe. You are locked in to RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. So before we came forward, I was letting you know who all is going to be on Diddy's new The Love album, Off the Grid. So let me run down the list for you quickly. The Weeknd, it's said to be his last collab as The Weeknd. His last, last one, because, you know, he's letting go of that and changing his name. It's Mary J. Blige, her, Jasmine Sullivan, Justin Bieber, Summer Walker, Babyface, John Legend, Tiana Taylor, Coco Jones, Kalani, Ty Dolla Sign, Casey Haley, Burner Boy, The Dream, and his newest signee um, to Love Records, Jazzy. And, of course, as I mentioned previously, 
um, Dirty Money. So look for that. It's coming out soon. It's a packed lineup. So, you know, sounds like something that might be worth checking out. Dizzy, you know, he delivers. We'll see what he comes with. We know that he said love is the theme. So we'll see if it holds to it just in time for fall. But now on the line, I am so excited to welcome her back to RSVP with Jill Monroe, one of my favorites, TV and film critic, host, all around entrepreneur, Renaissance woman, Giandra LaBeouf. Hi, Giandra. Hey, Jill, how are you doing tonight? Girl, better than you sound. You had a time last night. Uh, um, your girl is down bad, down bad. You know, I'd like to think that I'm still young, but I went to see Fifty last night and uh, screaming for three hours is clearly not still in my ministry. So I now sound like I'm a 14-year-old boy. So, well, we're going to get into 50 and the incident at the concert, but talk to me a little bit about the show and what that experience was like, because 50 hasn't gone on tour in a while. And at this point, we kind of know him as a business mogul, a TV producer. We don't really think about, you know, his musical legacy. We saw him perform in the Super Bowl, but that was brief. So what was the show like? Listen, I'm really mad at myself that I've never gone to see him perform live before this. Full disclosure, I'm a big 50 fan, love the music, but I've never seen him perform. So when he announced that the final lap tour, he's no longer performing after this. I'm like, oh, yeah, I definitely got to go see 50. And top, top three best concerts I've ever gone to in my life. And I've gone to a lot of shows, shows, festivals, all kind of things. It's you have an opportunity. If there's still dates available, and this is not a paid endorsement or anything like that, this show, it kills from top to bottom. Just even how the momentum of the show was built with him, Buster Rhymes, and Jeremiah, and all the bonus people, but we can get into more of that. But he has a, a, a very, very clear understanding of who his audience is and how to activate them, and that was on full display for this show. It was off the hook. Staples Crypto Arena was rocking. It was rocking last night. I had a ball. Listen, I mean, that sounds exciting. So it was like Buster Rhymes, right? Nas came out and gave a special performance, and okay. we've talked about how sometimes Nas's performances, they're hit or miss. You said that Nas ripped it last night. It was crazy. I, I'm, I'm fresh off of seeing Nas in Napa re recently at the Blue Note Jazz Festival. And he was great. You know, Nas has a very specific fan base as well. And when you listen to Nas, you listen to Nas to get your mind right, to get educated, for him to paint pictures. But you're not, you know, twerking or shaking your ass to know Nas. It's just, oh, excuse me, excuse me. You're just not doing that to Nas. But last night, there was so much love and so much energy in that building. It just seems like he even had a little bit more pep in his step than what we normally would expect. His delivery is always on point, but he just really looked like he was having fun. And that was, out, and that was without doing Uchi Wally or any of those. He did Hate Me Now and Made You Look, and L.A. went up for that. It was terrific. 
Okay, and so YG performed. Listen, okay. So I, I, as I watch this unfold, we know 50 is the petty king. He's always had his thing going with the game, right? So at first when I saw YG appear, I just attributed it to him being petty and not having the game come out and having the other designated blood of Los Angeles to come out on stage. But this is how, it's the crafting of how the momentum of the show. So you're watching 50 and he's got tons and tons of hits. And what I noticed about the building of his show is instead of doing his biggest hit and then coasting down the momentum to, and bringing out a guest artist to bring the momentum back up, he has a different formula. He starts with, like, say, a C-level hit, goes to a B-level, does an A-level hit, and then he brings out the guest artist to take the energy even higher. So in the case of YG, he was doing um, If I Can't Do It or Many Men, one of his bigger but not top in the club type of hits. The crowd was on a high from him doing that, and it went silent for just a little bit. And next thing you know, you hear... My mm's drive an all-white range. And in Los Angeles, that I thought crypto was going to burn down last night. <laughs> that was, it was so hot. It was so popping. That crowd, if, in my mind, w- that probably is what World Peace looked like in that moment. Okay. Thank you, YG. Because, I mean, that entire arena, black, brown, white, Asian, every, it went nuts. It was crazy. Okay, all right, 50, bringing the um, live show, knocking it down. Did he say anything about, like, this being his last um, time touring? Did he allude to that, or was it just regular concert banter? No, he said straight up before when the tour was announced, he is not touring anymore after this. After this, he will fully step into being ghost and into (laughs) his new life. You feel me? I have this theory that power... And Ghost and the characters are all different versions of 50 himself. And I feel like he's now in his Ghost era. He's firmly into his Ghost era and doesn't want to do all the music stuff. Like, he'll do it where it matters. But all that touring and all that, he's fully stepping into being a TV and film mogul and, and alcohol and these other things and completely leaving, you know, that section of his life, okay. you know, in the closet. In the in the rear view. So let's talk a little bit about the incident that happened last night. There were some mic issues. You mentioned that Busta had some mic issues when he was on stage. And so mm-hmm. kind of set that up for us because we know that there was apparently 50 had some mic issues. He threw a microphone and it hit a young lady in the head. She is a host at an L.A. radio station. And, um, you know. She has an injury and it's severe and she is claiming that he purposely threw it at her. So you said really? you caught Yeah. So we'll get into those details, but what did you see? So from I had really great seat, the one in the nosebleed. Hey. I know that's so right. To, Talk about you know, VIP. <laughs> okay. So you know, please go to uh Giandra was here at YouTube and watch the videos because I need to recoup my money that I paid for those seats. I know that's so, right. So I was watching him, and it was during the YG section of the show. YG comes out with an all-white rain. And so 50, what he does well in the delivery of songs, because believe me, 
everybody's mic was on, except Bia, but his mic is for sure on. And so he was prepared to echo and do ad-libs for YG while he was performing. But YG came out, Mike was a little crackly, 50 gave YG his mic and went to what would be stage left for them. So the right-hand side for the audience, if you're facing the stage. Mm -hmm. And I saw him hand somebody a mic and someone gave him a new mic. I saw him fiddle with it, say something into it, no sound. I didn't hear 50, I could still hear YG. I saw him give him another mic, still no sound. And I'm guessing he was frustrated and I saw him throw the mic. I wasn't close enough that I saw the mic hit a person, but I definitely saw him throw the mic. But it was after getting a couple of mics and the mic's not working. And that happened during Buster Rhymes' set. The, his mic was completely out. Swift Star was trying to save the set by, you know, doing those animated type of unique things that that flip mode and that crew does, mm-hmm. like pretending he was, uh, like, pantomiming that he was turning Buster's mic and they switched out the mics and they got busted together, but it kind of messed up his set a little bit. And I felt like he ended his set a little bit early, maybe due to the mic issues, but yeah, there was definitely some sound things going on during the concert. And it wasn't, you know, Oh my God, there's 300 dudes on stage with a mic. It wasn't even like that. It was, there was never more than say three people on stage at any time with a mic. So I don't know what was going on with them. I don't know if he threw it at her on purpose. I just know Mike wasn't working. Well, according to TMZ, her name is Brianna. She said that she suffered a laceration on her head. She went to a local hospital and she has filed a police report and she accused him of looking directly at her. Um, There are also accounts from page six who say that she was in a restricted era area of the arena that she was prohibited Mm. to be in at the time of the incident. You know, um, we saw Cardi B totally different scenario. You throw Mm -hmm. a mic in Vegas last month. We've seen audience people throw phones and bottles and bras and all types of things. Do you think that live performances are starting to get out of hand? Like, is it just people, I mean, obviously, you know, 50 being frustrated, but is all of this throwing, is it a part of the the show at this point? Because it seems to come up a lot more than it seemed to, um, to in previous times. I think it's just a lot more noticeable. I just saw a clip the other day of Beyonce on stage and walking off during one of her sets within the performance because her mic wasn't working. You know, she didn't throw it at anybody or anything. She just walked off. And I've seen some clips floating around um, Instagram with that. She just walked off and then came back like 10 or 15 minutes later. There, it's, it's a twofold thing. I think these mic issues and things, you know, you, you can't really do too much about that. But right. you can control how you handle it. As far as fandom goes, some people are ridiculous. Imagine spending your hard-earned money in a time in 2023 when gas is over $5 a gallon, paying your money to go see a show just to throw a drink at somebody you don't like or whatever. That's wild to me. But people feel entitled. They feel connected. That was the gift of social media with these artists, being able to touch their audience directly without a publicist, a middleman, or somebody they had to give their money to. But now the knife cuts both ways because a lot of these people can't separate real life and 
and persona and image, and they feel entitled. It's almost like a new form of digital stalking. Back in the day, this would have been stalking. That is true. That is absolutely true. They form whole personas based off of being a fan of or if I'm a fan of this person, I have to feel this way about this artist and I have to have very strong feelings and just it's a whole identity thing. It causes an interesting type of behavior. Andy? Um, This is just an observation and I stand to be corrected. Um, It seems like it's only happening at hip hop events. And I'm just curious Ooh. to know what is it, uh, you know, what is it about that energy? You know what I'm saying? You don't no, no, see no. this coming from an R&B artist or anything like that. That Billie Eilish, she had a mic Ooh. thrown at her. Um, let me see. Let me look up mic throws. In I stand to be corrected. I think it's more crazy ass fans because this is just the music that we follow and what is the most popular music in the world if the Rolling Stones or rock music or something like that was the most popular genre in the world, imagine what they get thrown on stage. Probably everything from drugs to needles to draws. To, man, the, in the day, the worst thing was to get a bra or some draws thrown on stage. Now, you got to really be careful. Like for last night, I thought it was just a clear bag policy. You couldn't even bring a bag bigger than five by eight. So, see, things are changing. But let me give you a list of who have had things thrown at them, not just, you know, them throwing things back. Cardi B, we know it's been both ways. <laughs> same time, same time. Lotto has had things thrown at her. Harry Styles, definitely mm-hmm. not. Um, hip-hop, we know Drake, BB Rexa, um, Ava Max. So she had some things. It, that was in Los Angeles as well. Um Kelsa Bellinery, Kelsa Bellin, I'm jacking up her last name. I apologize, Kelsa. She's a country music star. So, you know, we're across and, the board. Pink, somebody and, threw and something at her. Their mother's did. ashes, that was pink. Yeah. Oh, my. Now, and, and it, also in the day, remember when people used to just jump up on stage acting yeah. crazy? And so the work around that was increased security. Probably the next level of this is going to be artists are going to have to perform in a bubble like COVID, like it's COVID time. Have shields in front of the stage. Some type of Mm -hmm. plexiglass in front of the stage. Some kind of shield or something like Star Trek where, you know, they would beam you in. You would see like your image kind of particles floating around. We're all going to be sitting in our house watching the the show like in in hologram form or something like that. In the metaverse, because you know there were concerts in the metaverse and people actually would go and line up. I think Travis Scott sold like and Snoop sold like crazy amounts of tickets in the metaverse for people to go see this pretend show. And it was sold out and all of these things happened like, well, not... I think that might have happened in Roblox or one of those games or something like that. But the metaverse, that's one of the things that went on there. When we come forward, we're going to talk a little Ari Lennox and why she is currently in her feelings. We're also going to talk about the content creator who used her relationship drama to get a deal. Is controversy the only way to become an influencer at this time? All of that and more, you are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. On point, always on theme, and with the ones, the jams. Shout out to Andy. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. 
I'm not alone, though. I'm joined by contributor Giandra LaBeouf. She is recovering from the final lap tour last night here in L.A. with 50 Cent, Busta Rhymes, YG, and all of those folks. Giandra? I am just, I'm going through all my video, you know, during the last portion before our break, we were talking about this incident with uh, 50 and YG and the mic being thrown. I was looking through some of the video I took last night. I have some video of them exchanging mics. So I'm going to put it up on my on my YouTube channel pretty soon. Because there was some clear of the mic, and you can see YG's mic's not working. He hands it to 50. 50 gives him his mic, and this kind of was right before the mic throwing incident. So I'm going to put that up see? when we finish up. See, so hit up Giandra's YouTube channel. Giandra was here for that visual. Andy? I got a question, Miss Giandra. Let's do it. It's kind of a crazy question. You said it was it okay. was a it was a diverse crowd there, right? Very. It was a lot of N words popping, right? <laughs> you know, well, full disclosure, the people around me, I didn't hear any N words, <laughs> but I was I also sound like this, so clearly I was screaming and didn't hear much of nothing except what was going on stage, but. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Okay, I just had to ask because I remember I went to a I went to Watch the Throne years ago, and uh, mm. what was it? Uh, uh, all of the lights with Kanye, mm -hmm. and you know the first couple of oh. lines, he'd be like, "MJ gone," you know, "Our homie dead." Right. Like he mm -hmm. had to pause. He had to stop right there at that moment. He was like, "Black people, we giving everybody a pause today. This is a Grammy nominated song. We're giving them a break today." And no breaks. And and he proceeded to go on with the song. And I remember the row that I was sitting in, I was the only black guy in that row. Uh-oh. And that line came on, and all I could see is just a whole bunch. <laughs> it, was, it was just crazy to me. So I was just curious to know if you had experienced any of that. I mean, no, that's I, kind of... Oh, go I ahead, Giandra. I'm sorry. I have folks. I'm, I have black folks to the left of me, black folks to the right. So I couldn't hear <laughs> too many words. Listen, that kind of reminds me of when they were on that tour... And, you know, they were going for the record and they would do um, N words in Paris. Yeah. And they would do that. Um, they would run it back. It's like 10 or 15 times. And the whole arena would be rocking. And it was a vibe. But much like you said, Andy, you know, maybe you were fortunate to be in a section where the ones around you would like take that peek over and look and they're like, yeah, I'm going to pass this time. I'm not even going to try that. <laughs> but there were definitely, you know, if you looked around and looked at people holding up their cell phones, you're like, mm, I don't know. I don't think that you you're on the right side of that paper bag test there or something. I don't know. Like, I don't think you, you are fitting into that specific category where it should just roll out like that. That's always an interesting thing about live performances. And especially as hip hop has stepped into, you know, the mainstream, I talk about it all the time that hip hop is pop music. Although, you know, that might be changing as it's growing up, but the whole thing with that word and I just never understood why they want to say it so bad. If you know it's mm -hmm. hurt, like 
I don't understand. You know that, well, at least you used to know back in the day when you were introduced to an elder, an adult, they were Mr. or Mrs. whomever. You knew that. You may have known what their first name was, but you knew to address them like this because this is the way that you were supposed to address them. And, you know, someone else could address them differently. And you understood that the reason why they could address them as such is because they have a shared commonality. You know, at that time, it was adulthood. You understand that if someone has a nickname and you aren't familiar with them, you can't call them that nickname. So I don't understand why it's always such a struggle or they feel they are being denied something not to be able to say it, you know? So I don't know. Maybe I, I was going to say this, too. Uh, shout out to Chameleonaire. He stopped using the N-word in his performances because he would perform and he would see white people, you know, reciting his words back. So, you know, shout out to him for for doing that. I don't think too many hip hop artists nowadays would want to censor themselves, especially out of performance. But shout out to Chameleon there just for, you know, that consideration and that awareness. Do you think that that is something um, like would you guys be in support of an artist if they are like, yeah, you know, I'm going to remove it out? Or even you think like back in the day, Richard Pryor, who heavily that word was associated with him as far as his comedy routines and how he presented it, how he utilized it. You know, it meant nine different things, you know, in in various modes. And at one point he decided he wasn't using it anymore. And it was very jarring for some. And it was the source of a lot of conversation. I, I don't know. Like, you know, we grew up in an era where there was the clean version and there was the, you know, dirty version. Do you the think, that, yeah, would you want in live performances for them to do more clean versions? Like, what do you think? I'm okay with it removing it, but... If it stays in, I want people to, who are not black, to not say it. No passes at any time. Self-censor. You can still enjoy the song and sing it without saying it, whether you say the clean or the dirty version. Don't say it. Don't say it. But I I don't think black artists need to remove it totally. I think it's just creative expression, et cetera. I don't know. It's a very layered. It's a very, very layered topic. Are, has so many ties. Do so. I guess I have a question that you know. Obviously, there's other races that are involved in hip hop to a degree now. Are there? And forgive me if this sounds like out of touch or ignorant. Are there words that they include in their rhymes that would be considered, you know, a slur or something? Only they can say, I mean, you know, like maybe you think about someone like Saucy Santana and, you know, maybe I'd like I only know a couple songs from him. But I I just I don't know. I wonder if there are things like that, because my thing is, too, I would have no problem with, you know, hey, you're not supposed to say it. Cool. (laughs) You know, let's move on. (laughs) So strange to me. That's a, you know what? That's a really interesting point, because I'm sure there are colloquialisms that white people use that they wouldn't want us to call them. I know the see the see you next Tuesday word is very offensive to people of the the Caucasian variety. Yeah. I don't know. You know, that's just off the top is the most polarizing one I can think of, but it's not the same. 
I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know depending that. upon who the group is, there are lots of things that are seemingly innocuous that can be considered very, very offensive or wrong. You, you know, mm-hmm. it's kind of a sliding scale at this point because it, people are, I'm not saying creating things, but we are more aware of the sensitivity of others now. I guess that's a yeah. better way to put it. When we come forward, we will have a more with Giandra LaBeouf. Um, and we also will get to that Ari Lennox story that I was talking about. Ari is not feeling herself right now. She's feeling a little vulnerable and she took to social media to share. And once again, we're having the conversation. Is it wise? All of that and more, you're locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Now back to more captivating conversation on RSVP with Jill Monroe. Jill Monroe. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Reminder, if you have a comment about anything that we're discussing tonight, you can hit us at 800-520-1580. 800-520-1580. I am joined by Giandra LaBeouf. Giandra. Ma'am. Listen, after going to see Fiddy, right? Mm-hmm. Who would you compare his performance to? Ooh, good question. Let's see. I've seen, I'm trying to think. Here, Here's the thing. I could have watched that show last night with just 50 because he really, really knows how to perform. So not saying that it's the same thing, but it's true. It's an experience. Like people are going to go see Beyonce this weekend in LA. Definitely not the same type of show because Beyonce has a different level of artistry, but in terms of enjoyment and getting bang for your buck, I would put him definitely in a category of top performers, definitely in a category of top rap performances, because I've seen so many trash rap performances where the talent just walks back and forth, just so dull, so boring. Maybe they jump up and down for an eight count to get the crowd hype, and then that's it. And they go trekking back and forth. And it's not like he's there dancing and, you know, he's not that type of a performer, but he's engaged. His lyrics, the delivery, the echoing with Tony Yayo and, and, and Murda. I mean, it just is a terrific, terrific show. If you're not a fan of his music, will you have the same experience? I don't know, maybe. If you're vibing off of the crowd, I, I, the only way you wouldn't enjoy that, that show is if you just do not like his music. Okay, but it is it, it's an it's an exciting show with the pyro, gorgeous dancers, beautiful beautiful women. Of course, if you love a lady, right? Beautiful women, the pyro, the the choices of artists he brings out, fantastic. And fifty got hits, mega. He, you forget sometimes all the things that are in his catalog. Fifty has so much content. He did the theme to power in the crowd. Well, went crazy. You have to do that. I mean, that's mandatory at this point. If you're not doing the OG theme, let's pretend like that Trey Songs mishap never existed. You know, never ever. What happened. are you doing? I'm so glad. <laughs> Listen, if, if he wouldn't, it would have been a missed opportunity. 
I 100% agree. But I will say, I am of the belief, though, right? 50s hits hit. But overall, I don't think that 50s catalog has aged well. So I feel like, yes, I feel like the hits are the hits. And they're like, you know, without question, and you can rock out. But some of the stuff, you know, mixtape 50s, some of the like the album cuts and things like that, don't think it aged well at all. It doesn't have for me, for me, much replay value. Like there's not a lot of deep album cuts or ones that I'm going to go to for 50. But the hits, I like the hits. Undeniable. I hear stuff. that. I, I, I could feel that. I could feel that. I feel that way about a lot of artists. I feel that way. Don't kill me, people. I feel that way about Buster Rhymes. I feel that way about uh, Eminem. Okay. I definitely feel like Eminem, I'm a, like, there's no repeats, really. Like, you know he's uh-huh. going to spit, but not many songs. I'm like, oh, let's put on that Eminem. Nope. Nope, <laughs> not going to happen. I used to feel that way about Missy Elliott and Ludacris, and those are two artists that I'm crazy about. What? I'm crazy about both of those artists, but would I enjoy a Missy concert? Absolutely. Would I know all the songs? Absolutely. If I'm in my house cleaning, am I going to put Missy on? Definitely not. Wow, okay. See, I would. I, I was just listening to, um, look, She's a B. That's one of my mm-hmm. jams. Um, Beat Me 911, of course. That's the one with Magoo on there um, and 702. There's a song called Friendly Skies with her, Aaliyah, and Genuine. That's my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Like, I, I'm a Missy low-key. I Listen, I like Missy's very, very first single ever when she was in the group Sister that Devontae oh. Swing produced. It's a song called Brand New. And that song goes. It rocks so hard. I love them. They were on their Tom Girl swag when they came out. Uh, kind of vibe-wise, kind of similar to Escape. Um, it was four of them, and they rocked these ponytails with the very much a 90s ponytail thing. There were these ponytails with these bangs, and they were like, I dream of genie ponytails with this big, you know, piece wrapped around it because we were learning technique in the 90s. They didn't have the same ponytail <laughs> etiquette that we do now, but I really liked them. So I, I don't know. I think I've always kind of dug Missy and her music outside of that. But I want to get your opinion about this Ari Lennox story. So, you know, um, so she shared on social media that um, she feels unfulfilled and a need to be loved. And also that she feels the need to be validated by social media. She said, I hate that I crave validation in every ounce of my life. It is truly a miserable existence. I hate that. Mm -hmm. I wish I was cool. I'm embarrassing. I don't know when I'll ever start loving myself. I don't know if it's possible. I can't even enjoy all that I've created for myself. She also added, it's painful reality to not be loved yet to be craved. It's so bad in the most harmful places to not be able to trust anyone, to want people around, but to push them away simultaneously. It's mental misery. She doesn't say what caused her to feel that way. Um, She did tweet something that said something about it's always at 10 a.m. You know, 
I, I don't know. Oh. Remember back in March, she tweeted something about, have I made myself unattractive by wanting love so bad, by speaking about it, complaining about it? I wish I didn't crave it. I wish I didn't. it didn't make me blind, weak, and so dangerously trusting. I wish I had no love inside of me. Wish I didn't have emotions. So those are some pretty deep thoughts, and they're very transparent. Right. Uh I think that as a woman, especially, I mean, she is putting out something, too, in that she knows that she is desired, but she doesn't know if it's about her or just about where she's managed to, you know, place herself. Right. Uh And so it's just it's kind of heartbreaking to hear her express these things on one hand. It's like, you know, you got to get it out and she might just be venting. It might seem more dramatic to us you know outside looking in than what it is but it it is something that's reoccurring with her so what are your thoughts around that first that's very sad that's very sad on from a from a consumer perspective now it makes me start to question what was her whole motivation for making music to begin with what did she have this loving for the art this love for the art pouring forth from her or did she start creating music because she was good at it and she just wanted to be popular, which are different motivations and not sustainable. It's like somebody saying, I'm going to go to college and be a doctor so I can be rich. You know, did she go into music to be loved? Was this a deep-rooted thing? This is the time a lot of artists go through this where they have to make a distinction of what's going to motivate them. Maybe she needs to tap into the higher power, pay a visit to for some spiritual guidance, you know, therapy gets thrown around a lot, but therapy can work for everybody. Maybe it's really, really about tapping into the higher power and figuring out what that is. But that's very heartbreaking to to just be crying out for love and not getting it or even having these feelings. If she was to be receiving true love, can she even identify what that even looks like? What does that look like to her? Is it adoration? Is it worship? And maybe those are the type of questions. So she could be getting love and just doesn't know what it is from lack of experience. I mean, that's a very, very good point. And also the point you made about therapy. I mean, it's, you know, the gift and the curse because of social media, because of the outburst of like Oprah in the 80s and things like that. And those different shows, the idea of therapy became more exposed. And it is something that, you know, People, it doesn't mean that something's wrong with you because you need to talk some things out. At the same time, it's very important that you match up with the right therapist, that you have the right conversations. Because, as mentioned um, on my show Monday by the MBPA mental health expert, Derek Anderson, former NBA champion, sometimes it can become a clutch a crutch and accountability is lacking. We don't know what's going on with Ari. I just know that it breaks my heart seeing that she, you know, wants to be validated in that way. And I understand those feelings as a woman, as a woman in that works in entertainment. I just wish, you know, sometimes it's heartbreaking that you have to see it online. Just you wonder if that's the safest place for her to express these feelings. When we come forward, we will have more with Giandra LaBeouf. We'll also talk about the content creator who utilized her drama to get a deal and is controversy the only way to become an influencer in 2023 you are locked into rsvp with joe monroe here on kbla talk 1580 news and sports is up next you really 